The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Well, tis the season, isn't it? <laughs> Everybody's busy with a lot of things going on, and what seems to highlight it, and probably make it very busy, is all the shopping that people want to do because of the gifts. Well, it's not just going out and being part of that massive crowd that's out there in those long lines, but it's all the advance work that you have to do with gift giving also. You have to think, well, who should be on my list? And what do I want to get them? And then you're thinking, well, if it's closed, do I know their size? Do I know the colors that they like or the, the style? If you're thinking of something else instead of clothing, you're wondering, well, what is it that they really, really want? My wife confused me over the last few days. I thought after she saw a commercial about a little handheld carpet cleaner, that that's what she would want. And the last night she was talking about some little device you put an egg in and put it into the microwave and you get a hard-boiled egg. I said, I don't know what you want now. Sometimes it's hard to know what to get people. But I think we can all agree, it certainly seems like Christmas now is really synonymous with gift-giving. Well, it really is gift-giving when we think of that great gift that God has given us, Jesus, and all that he is, and all that fits every need that we have. You see, because he comes and he brings us gifts. This Advent season, we want to focus on the gifts that he brings us. Today, the gift of hope. The scripture passage we want to look at is from the Old Testament prophet Micah in chapter 7 when he says, But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God my Savior. My God will hear me. This past week there was a report on the news that the Center for Disease Control released it noted that after decades of the age or life expectancy of people in the United States increasing, there was now a decrease, a decline in the time, the length of life expectancy in the United States. Now, it wasn't a, a big statistical decline. It was only about a month shorter. But all those things, you know, get averaged out. So in reality, for some people, life is really cut short. And they cited the two things that they felt were the reason life expectancy has declined. Suicide and drug overdose. Two things that people do because they have lost hope. Micah's passage to us today talked about waiting in hope. Well, what brings about that hope? And what can move us to just wait for it to be fulfilled? You know, one of the passages that we're probably very familiar with from the Old Testament prophet Micah is this one that predicts the birthplace of Jesus. We hear it every year at this time, that beautiful passage that tells us the Savior will be born in that little town of Bethlehem. 
wow, what hope it must have brought for those people if they were paying attention to it. But there are many other passages in the book of Micah that are pretty good too, like the one we have before us today that talks about waiting in hope. But yet, when we, when we look at that passage in the whole context, it's kind of interesting what's going on. You see, the prophet Micah was doing his preaching about 750 years before Jesus came into the world. And he was preaching a message of judgment against Israel. He was warning them of the coming judgment of God because they had rejected God and turned to false worship of other gods. And so his message comes across as very strong with judgment. But yet, he brings in these beautiful passages of hope and joy. It's interesting to note what his point is. He's basically telling us what we really need in life is hope because of all the stuff that's going on around us. In fact, in this chapter, this chapter that we have this beautiful verse about hope, he tells us about how miserable things are. In fact, that's how he starts out the chapter. How miserable I am. And then he lists four things that are going on that makes his life miserable. He continues right after that. He says, I feel like the fruit picker after the harvest who can find nothing to eat. Not a cluster of grapes or a single early fig can be found to satisfy my hunger. It sounds like he's miserable because he's disappointed. Now, I know that we've all been disappointed from time to time. Things don't always work out the way we expect or the way we want. We live in an imperfect world. Things don't always go our way or work out the way they should. And we live among people who are imperfect. In fact, you and I are imperfect. But yet, when we feel we're doing our best, when we're working hard, when we're doing what we believe is the right thing, we're doing it with the right intentions, we're even doing God's work, and then things don't work out that way, <laughs> we get disappointed. We wonder, why isn't God working? Why isn't it going his, his way, which usually means my way? You see, nobody is perfect. And what Micah was trying to do is get his people to realize they are not perfect. And that's what's bringing their judgment from God. And what they need to do is acknowledge that. Admit their wrong. Repent and seek forgiveness from the Lord. But instead, this was happening. There was just lots of dishonesty among the people. Listen how Micah describes that now. The godly people have all disappeared. Not one honest person is left on the earth. They are all murderers, setting traps even for their own brothers. Both of their hands are equally skilled at doing evil. Officials and judges alike demand bribes. The people with influence get what they want, 
and together they scheme to twist justice. Even the best of them is like a briar. The most honest is as dangerous as a hedge of thorns. But your judgment day is coming swiftly now. Your time of punishment is here, a time of confusion. Don't trust anyone, not your best friend or even your wife. For the son despises his father, the daughter defies her mother, the daughter-in-law defies her mother-in-law. Your enemies are right in your own household. Wow, what a miserable lament. What a song of sorrow. Micah saw dishonesty all over the place. Powered by greed and selfishness and a hunger for power. Rather than helping people, people were hurting people. He said you can't trust anyone. Not your neighbor, not your fellow worker, not even people in your family. The basic foundations of, our, of society and of family, love, honor, respect, had all crumbled. You see that happening today? In our own society too, right? Where leaders can't work together, where families break apart, where there's a lack of respect and love among people. Yeah we can see how miserable life can be, and we need some hope. But Micah isn't done yet with his lament. He also talks about the defeat that a person can experience. He was experiencing it. He simply said, Do not gloat over me, my enemies, for though I fall, I will rise again. Micah saw that sometimes you just don't win. And that's true for all of us. Sometimes we just don't win. Our enemies win. And I don't mean just the people around us. I mean that great enemy, the devil, who sets his traps, his temptations for us, and we lose, we fall. Micah wasn't just pointing to other people. He recognized his own fault. He said, because I have sinned against him, I will bear the Lord's wrath. Micah was like a watchman on the walls looking out and seeing that judgment coming because he saw what was on the inside of the wall. He saw what his own people were doing, but he saw even deeper inside. He saw inside himself and saw his own sins. Sometimes when you recognize that, it brings you to a point of despair, the loss of all hope, no faith, thinking there's nothing that's going to change this. It will never be better. But Micah is going to teach us something. Don't lose faith. Don't let the feelings of despair don't let the disappointments and the dishonesty of people around you bring you down. Here's what he said. Though I sit in darkness, you see, he experienced that despair. The Lord 
will be my light. There is something that brings us hope. There is someone who gets rid of the darkness of despair and all the problems around us. He refers to it. He says, until he pleads my case and upholds my cause, he will bring me into the light. I will see his righteousness. Micah saw where his hope was in the Lord. You see that word all in capitalized letters. It wasn't in capitalized for emphasis. That was the special Hebrew word that meant this is the faithful God of grace who never goes back on what he says. And that's what Micah saw and heard, a God who is gracious and faithful and forgiving. He said, he will plead my case. He will uphold my cause. You know, sometimes when people end up in court or end up being disciplined maybe by a parent or something, uh, the defendant, the child may say, well, I'll do better next time. Just, just let me go. Don't punish me. I'll show you I can do better. But that wasn't Micah, what Micah was saying. No, he said, the Lord will plead my case. I will see his righteousness. I don't have to say, I'll do better, because I won't. But the Lord did. The Lord is righteous. It's his righteousness that we get. His righteousness pleads our case and makes us perfect before God. You see, there is our hope. It takes care of the disappointment. It takes care of the dishonesty around us. It, it gets rid of the, the, the feeling of defeat and despair because it's the Lord who saves. What we need and what we have is hope from the Lord. Have you ever used a statement like this? Boy, what a difference it makes. We were saying that the last couple of weeks, right? Boy, what a difference the rain has made. It's cleaned up the air. You can look around and you see grass starting to grow again and in the, green, in the hills turning green. What a difference the rain has made. I'm sure the people who've been affected by the fires were saying, wow, what a difference a day made when the fire came through and destroyed their lives. We might get some new device, like a, a little uh, device you can put in your microwave with a raw egg and turn it on, and now you've got a hard-boiled egg in a minute. Wow, what a difference that device can make. Let me take you for a minute back to yesterday morning when we had 100 kids here for Christmas for Kids. And when they came to my station, I asked the kids this I said, should we go around and say, Merry Snowman Day, or Happy Give a Gift Day, or Merry Put Up a Green Tree in Your House and Decorate It with Lights Day? And they all said, no, Pastor, it's Merry Christmas. Of course we wouldn't go around saying those other things. We wouldn't replace Merry Christmas with Merry Put Up a Green Tree in Your House Day. We wouldn't say it, but 
maybe we do it. Maybe we get all the, the joy and, and the good feelings and such from this season of the year because of all the decorations, because of all the activities and things. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But don't find your hope and joy in those things. Because what makes a difference is Christ. Not only in what we say, Merry Christmas, but in what it's all about, Christ. And you see, the difference is made on us. He is what changes our life and makes the difference. We now have hope. Where do you get that hope? That hope comes from the Lord. It's what God gives us. Listen how Micah explains that. He'll tell us this. But as for me, and that little word but is very important because he was just reciting all those miserable things. And then he says, but as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. He's telling us hope is what our eyes see. And what we see is the Lord acting. He says, I wait in hope for the Lord, the one who is faithful, the one who has made a promise to bring me a savior, the one who has promised to give me every spiritual blessing and to meet every need that I have in this life. And we know he did. He sent Jesus into the world who lived for us, who died for us, who rose for us, who now rules for us. We have hope because of what our God has done and continues to do for us. And so we just wait in hope with our eyes glued on him to see his working. Now, how do we get that? He says, I wait for God, my Savior. This is what hope does. It waits, and while it waits, it believes. There was a book recently written by a guy who was describing his spiritual journey. And he talked about some friends that he knew that were actually a, a tra um, skilled trapeze artists. And they were describing for him their training and their skill. Now, you know, with those trapeze, you know, one, one will be swinging, and then all of a sudden he lets go, and then another one swinging catches him, right? They keep doing that. And they said what exists between the, the flyer and the catcher is a very important and special relationship. He said, you see, what that flyer has to do is simply let go. And the catcher will make the move to get him. That flyer can't make any moves because his moves can go contrary to what the catcher is going to do and they could miss each other. So what it really is, is an act of faith. To just keep your eye on and trust that catcher to simply let go. And that's what Micah is telling us. Hope simply trusts the Lord to act.
But while we wait, the Lord will build up that trust. Our ear is going to hear his promises. Micah said, my God will hear me. Because he knows that his God is faithful and has promised never to leave him, never to abandon him, but to reach out and to save him. And so now as we wait to be caught, we must simply listen. Now's the time of learning to build up our trust by hearing those promises of God. That's where hope comes from. And that's the hope we need. Micah was a contemporary of the great Old Testament prophet Isaiah. Micah just spoke a beautiful word of hope in chapter 7. Look at the beautiful promise that Isaiah gives us in his chapter 7. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, there's our hope. God, who has promised, has kept the promise and performed it. He has come to be with us, and he is with us. So despite what we experience, despite the circumstances we find ourselves in, we have hope because God is with us. Amen.